Hi, you're listening to Mixed Congeniality on Radio Fodder. This episode was recorded on the stolen land of the Wurundjeri people. This podcast was also recorded on the lands of the Wadjuk Noongar people. We would like to pay our respects to the Elders past, present and emerging and acknowledge that this land always was and always will be Aboriginal land. I, if I found out that Larry was real, I, the first thing I would do is go and look at your Instagram stories. My fucking God. These bitches gay. Good for them. Good for them. Mixed Congeniality is a love letter to our younger selves who pretended not to know what Wattpad was and watched Fast and Furious on a first date. We deep dive into topics that have been thrown in the chiclet bin. We dust them off, polish them up, and go on ADHD tangents while we're at it. Oh, hey. <laughs> oh, hi, Chelsea. Oh, hi. Um, <laughs> How how are you going out there in the wide open world? Um, badly. So last, well, actually, no, I'm going fine. I just like vomited in the line for a club, and I haven't done that since my first day out clubbing ever. And it was always a classy affair. And oh, it was so yeah. embarrassing because I was like talking to people, and I was like, and they're like, oh my god, Chelsea, hi. I was like in Melbourne, and I wanted to like know people from high school, so I needed to make sure I was doing better than them. Yeah, you wanted um, to flex. Exactly, and then I'm like, hold up, one second, and I just vomit. Had a bit of attack. I just like I just yacked while waiting for Bailey Smith to just be in the same club as him. Oh, too much effort. Alas, alas, and now that's immortalized on your Instagram stories unfortunately though I did not post a video of me vomiting because I actually that's the last thing I remember from that night and I didn't even drink that much so maybe I just like have a problem but anyway yeah I mean I think exciting that you're out in the world mm-hmm. and you know like falls on steady um, on their feet tell us my love have what that? have you been yeah daydreaming about I don't know what that means but yeah. that's, okay. so yeah, like, at, that's like, what I was thinking I thought that was a totally but no it's far this is like a big moment for WA because WA is a massive footy state despite only having two teams but we have a strong like relationship with Waffle but Victoria does not give us anything it's a very salty affair but <laughs> we had the grand final hosted at the, Optus Stadium which the big G the big G, the big G, which means we have footy players that aren't just like from WA that everyone knows from high school, so hates. Um, like these are like famous over East footy players that like <laughs> the big boys of Melbourne. The big boys of Melbourne and the Bulldogs were over here. And it was very exciting because most of them are from Melbourne. So they're not really WA people. And they're just like having drunk and having a good time. So my goal was to run into the very famous. Me knowing nothing about footy, but knowing this man, Bailey Smith, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and being just like living out my Wattpad YN fantasies, being like, I, how do you kick a ball? I thought you weren't meant to use your hands in soccer. I'm so confused. And you know what? It all be coming from a place of sincerity because I actually don't yeah, know the rules of footy. I, I think this is the least queer content we've ever had on our podcast. Um, so embarrassing for me. <laughs> a little bit, but I like I'd go there like it strong tall footy man and I could be like "Mm, explain the rules to me can you can you tackle me I would (laughs) I would and I would hate myself but I would would, and I would also enjoy it I was having discussion about this from last like last night and everyone was like Chelsea you don't like blondes it's a very well-known fact that you hate them and I was like yeah 
sorry to all the blondes out there. I am not falling for, <laughs> not falling for any, but <laughs> it's just the idea of saying that I did it. Um, like hooked yeah. up with Bailey Smith. That is like, imagine my main character, like status. Imagine if you got in like, um, you know, a Daily Mail article or some weird crap like that. That would really, I think, heighten your niche underground micro celebrity status. I would love it. Though I'd prefer if it was like The Guardian and not Daily Mail because I feel like I'd have a panic attack based on what Daily Mail would post about me. Um, I don't know if The Guardian's like keeping up on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know I know <laughs> they don't care about Bailey Smith's sex life and past. No, what I'm saying, <laughs> I just like... The Guardian, I, I mean, if you care to comment, let us know. <laughs> please let us know. As in, I just don't... Like, I don't know, the Daily Mail, to be reported on by the Daily Mail seems like a nightmare. Oh, yeah, also, no, it's stressful. I think I would love it at the same time. I don't know. I'm a complicated, I'm a complicated character. Yeah, you know, we contain multitudes, specifically you. Yeah. <laughs> the rest <laughs> of us are just a singular multitude. Should I talk about my daydreams? Yes, go. Oh, yeah, shit. Sorry. <laughs> do you want to ask? Yes. <laughs> I'm uh, okay <laughs> so what have you been daydreaming about <laughs> oh thank you for asking um it's been a bit of a wacky a bit of a wacky week um I've been having some like I wish I was at a club making out with someone on the dance floor daydreams you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's where I've been at um I've also been having some ones about like real estate which I know is very um, like little capitalist rat brain, but I also am really nosy and I like knowing what the inside of people's houses look like. So I've been spending a lot of time like scrolling through Fairy Floss, which for those who don't know is like a Facebook group trying to find housemates in in the inner north and inner north suburbs of Melbourne. But it's like kind of a weird trendy place, Um, but also it sucks. And also I've been on realestate.com just being like, what would it be like to live in that house? And that one. Yeah, and, and that's that what one. my that's what my rat brain has been up to. I love that for your rat brain. I will say, believe I feel like this this shocks a lot of people when I tell them, but I actually despise hooking up with strangers at the clubs. Um, I don't like strangers. Um, I get very scared. <laughs> so <laughs> it's like I'm the worst person to go out clubbing with when everyone's like in a hot girl summer mood. Um, that's just not for me. But I'm if you want to swap, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, look, I much rather just going to the club without the intent of making out with someone because I think like mm-hmm. I sometimes go to the club well I don't go to the club at all really but back when I did I'd either go because I wanted to like have a fun night dancing or because I wanted to hook up with someone I always had an exponentially <laughs> fun night when I just went out to hang out with my friends um but I also think you need to be on the same mm-hmm. page as your friends because there's nothing worse than getting abandoned when your friends get on the hookup. Um, yeah. But I think for the most part, I just enjoy having a dance. But I always like when it kind of like just happens. That's nice. And I'm not like thinking about it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, but not in a non-consensual way, but like in a, oh, didn't spot that cutie over there. And now we're making out. And that's nice, but I like didn't plan it. And I don't want to do the whole hookup thing. I just want to make out. And then I want to be like, peace out, go get a kebab in bed by 1 p.m. 1 a.m. That's it. 1 p.m. Wow. Yeah. I... Crazy. <laughs> no, I, I like a crisp. Yeah. 
between one and two a.m. crazy night yeah I know it's not too wild but I otherwise I'm just not doing anything the next day and I like to be able to like I don't know hang out by the afternoon when I've been out clubbing very fair and valid I saw a TikTok the other day about fairy floss as well like well yes so for those of you who went away I saw a TikTok because I've I've heard of fairy floss because everyone's like Chelsea get on it I've been very lucky for the fact that like I knew who I was gonna move like live with when I first came to Melbourne um so I've never had to use it but the like isn't it all like 25 plus and like well they were making fun about how the fact it's all like 25 plus and like Fitzroy rooms for like 400 dollars. yeah so is that true I have never actually had to use fairy floss to find housing um which is the way Mm -hmm. I like it because the way I use it is I use it to look at the way that trendy like 28 year olds in Melbourne are decoring the inside of their houses like yeah yeah that's the exclusive it's like a little personal Pinterest board 10 Mm -hmm. out of 10 um however it is a hellfire to actually find housing on because it's so competitive that like there'll be like these like two 18 year olds fresh out of high school who'll be like we want like a mature you know roommate who has experience living in share houses and a full-time job the room is four thousand dollars a month um if you don't message us in the next 30 minutes we won't consider you and like that's literally what it's like because of how competitive it is um so I think it is stressful as a space but um I like looking at people's houses because as I mentioned I am nosy I love looking at people's houses also for inspiration because I must be better than everyone. Um, it's when it comes to like stuff that like could be unique, make me unique or like personality wise. So like if I need to see what all of the up and coming 28 year olds do in Melbourne, I might, I might see. So I can yeah. have a really cool house. And also um, my dear friend Rose Burke and I tag each other in houses that we think are like cool houses. Ooh. And that's a fun little, uh, you know, social activity for you and your mates. A little dopamine, yeah. <laughs> if you will. And then, and then I go, mm, yeah, or I go like, oh, no. Um, Not for me, And babe, all so of them are like houses that are well and truly out of both of our price ranges. Yeah. Yeah. As they should be, though. Do Why would you have a realistic, like, like household dream? Who No, not in this economy. Um. So yeah, that's been my little maladaptives for the week. With that in mind, because I know before the podcast you were cooking things up. Ha ha. I'm sorry. What did you cook this week? Um, well, it's been picnic season. So oh. I've just been making a lot of little picnic-y goods. Um, I just I right before this um recording, I have been making some dips. I made Muhammad, which is like a uh, spicy capsicum dip and I made a uh, smoky hummus which oh I ran out of olive oil though so it's not oh. my best work um but it's still pretty decent um but I've also I've been making some focaccias I've been making some tarts uh of a variety of other bits and bobs some nice little salads mm-hmm. etc you know just some outdoorsy sharing food has been the mood of the moment I also have been eating a lot of um like I uh, like silken tofu with noodles and you put stuff on top of the silken tofu and it's just like a perfect 
summery meal. Is that, is that like a TikTok recipe I've seen? Going yeah, around? I think, I mean, I don't want to call it a TikTok recipe because I think yeah, it yeah. is very much more than a TikTok recipe, but it did come to me personally by way of TikTok. Mm-hmm. And it's fucking delicious. It takes like five minutes to make and it's like zesty, fresh, a little spicy, creamy from the tofu, the noodles, mm, 10 out of 10 recommend. So that's not like an impressive what have I been cooking thing, but it is just a tangy, delicious little meal that I've been making for myself. And it's a sign of the times. It's spring season. It's picnic season. And I've been eating it in my yard. Oh, I love it. It's been sunny. I've been reading some good books. I've had like a couple good books in a row. And I'm feeling positive about it. Talking about a couple good books in a row, should we move on to our topic of the day? Oh, hell yeah. So uh, what's our topic of the day? Because this was your idea. Your idea. I think. Ever book analysis review episode. Um, For those of you saying, hang on, you did a Pride and Prejudice episode. We were mostly talking about the film and TV adaptations. So checkmate. Um, and the concept of being pride and prejudiced yeah I yeah (laughs) couldn't have said it (laughs) (laughs) so we've actually already talked about this book in our pride and prejudice episode um, but we're giving it a full hour of time in the spotlight today Um, and that is a body of literature written by Casey McQuiston that came out in 2019 called red white and royal blue um this is a gay romance novel it's kind of trashy our two protagonists are alex claremont diaz who is the bisexual first son of the president of the united states Mm -hmm. um it's not like joe biden it's like a fake president (laughs) of the United States no absolutely not Joe Biden's son keep it away from me um actually if Joe Biden's son is gay no homophobia I just I just <laughs> don't want to read about it I don't want to read your horny emails um his love interest sorry I got sidetracked there his yeah, love interest love- is Henry the Prince of England, um, which I just think is the fucking best premise of all time. I think it's like hijinks city. Um, and there's like, it, it's kind of, it's got some nice little like enemies to friends, to lovers tropes. It's got like uh, an array of side characters who kind of form the like found family trope that is really common in YA and young adult like novels mm-hmm. But they're also not very fleshed out characters. But they're like fun. They're fine. They're there. Um, but mostly it's just like a warm bowl of trash in the best way possible. Yeah. Um, I've come up with some little like real and like character descriptions of like who I think would be drawn to this book. Chelsea, if you have any to add, feel free. Um, but basically, yes. if you liked Call Me By Your Name, not because it was well written, but because it was horny. This is your book. Self shout out. Um, <laughs> if you have ever read Queer Smart on Wattpad, this is your book. Also, self shout out. If you have a parasocial relationship with any celebrities, in particular the royal family, this is for you. 
(laughs) Also, if you were into any of the following YA novels in 2014, which is the Ugly series, the Selection series, the Delirium series, you get the gist, this is for you. I would also like to add, I think not so much the model instruments as a whole, but the specific, if you were like a Malik shipper and Stan, this is very much of the same energy. Like it was written by someone who loves the Malik ship, um, which took me back to my 12 year old days. But anyway, yeah, I'm done. Yeah. I think like this book very much feels like a Wattpad kid grew up and got a publishing deal. Um, And I think like, what we talked about a lot in our rookie episode last week as well is like how rookie was kind of like a more censored version of Tumblr. And I think Mm -hmm. in a similar relationship, I think this kind of genre that is very popular at the moment of like gay romance novels um, aimed towards, yeah. aimed towards like people that are like 18 to 25, I would say is very much like a more polished run through a publishing house version of what started out on Wattpad and AO3. Yeah. Um, Which kind of ties back into how I think this book got its popularity, which Chelsea, you're going to do our little spiel on. Um, Oh, hey. Yeah. You, you, I don't want to steal your thunder. You tell us what, how this book became popular. Thank you so much. Um, So this, I'm going to go on a little rant about, TikTok and YouTube and like how it's affected the publishing industry as like a whole. Um, so Red, White and Royal Blue as this whole thing is like, I would say is the book talk book um, and is like a product of the virality of like trendy books. Like we're seeing on TikTok at the moment. For those of you who don't know, book talk's the name for the side of TikTok that is like type of books. Um, so marketing, just like most industries, because hashtag capitalism is one of the backbones of the publishing industry, which, you know, has been rumored to be like struggling for a little while since the invention of the TV. It hasn't exactly been a girl boss like area. Yeah. <laughs> we have not been out here picking up books. Yeah. Um, even the ones who do it for a trend have not been doing that. Um, hashtag self shout out. Well, not for a trend, <laughs> but, you know, just to be like an annoying person. Um, to be on the train reading a book yeah I need that like people perceive me as a train like a penguin book tote bag like reader on the train on my way to go to the markets or something your rightful place in the world exactly okay um I should probably continue on no no no, that's my fault I I dumped the whole there dug the whole anyway um so so TikTok and YouTube has like been able to create a space for like people to be able to like capitalize on different industries um, by using like the influencer market. Like we saw this with the makeup industry and the beauty YouTube, like the way that these just bunch of teens who are doing like videos in their like, like rooms could come out of this without full on makeup deals. You know, we've seen like the influencer like used to single-handedly like market everything and make or break something. Like if James Charles gave you a bad review, God forbid, we are starting to see that with like book influencers now. Um, so there is a fo- focus on the marketing of an individual book that can like be sold in a sentence. There's a strong visual component, like the beauty of the book and how to look on a shelf, like if it fits like the aesthetic of like the YouTuber and what it's going for. And it's like, this has had a massive impact on sales and also like critical acclaim. For example, um, the book, the 2014 book, We Were Liars by E. Lockhart, like because of BookTok became top of the reading list on uh, the New York Times reading list again this year. 
Um, the other famous one, They Both Die at the End, was released like four years ago, but it was like in August 2020 that it went to the top of New York Times, like young adult paperback monthly bestseller list in April. Um, you also have like books like The Song of Achilles and The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo, who which has been like, they have been big um, recently. They, I guess they have been said. eaten the fuck up. They, everyone, like if you were to, if they were like, you had to list 10 stereotypical book talk books it's like red wine royal blue and those four that i mentioned and a sally rooney novel which i'm also about to discuss a little bit um so just like we've been seeing the rise of pr gifts so for those of you who are a bit of a rooney whore like harb and i um you probably are like aware that like she released a book a month ago um oh was it three weeks ago it was on Recently. the 7th of september I don't oh, know why yeah. I remember that. But yeah, 20 days ago. Yeah, 20 I yeah, 20 days ago. So I was in quarantine. That's right. Um, so she released her new books, um, Beautiful World, Where Are You? But beforehand, she was selling it, like she not selling it. The marketing team was giving it to well-known book influencers like Jack Edwards and Ankali. And they would like read it and they got their own special advanced copy. And then they'd be like, Wow, I love it. Five stars. I think it's the best book she's ever written, which I some people would disagree I I don't know and I like have yet to compile my full thoughts I it will probably grow on me but anyway I don't think it I don't think it gripped me yeah but maybe it's because I was expecting it you know yeah I also think, I'm I, don't not, think it's, I don't think it's bad but I it's definitely like, yeah it's like what I was saying with like Lord's new album I'm like still in my melodrama era I will appreciate solar power in summer in like in Perth because I like listened to it in Melbourne when I was in lockdown whereas I'm sure like Perth summer will be fine but like you know it's going to take ages I'm not in that right headspace and I think beautiful world where are you I'm not like a 30 year old and there was an interesting discussion okay so this is getting a bit sidetracked but the culture episode on it which I listened to this morning per Harv's request they had like an interesting <laughs> idea about how like Gen Z had a lot of these thoughts before like Sally Rooney's characters have like they were 30 and having these thoughts that like 14 year olds were having um yeah I thought that part was so funny where it's like um, she's in the supermarket like thinking about class consciousness and all the Gen Zers are like, yeah, duh. Duh. <laughs> that, which, yeah. And I think that's the big difference which we're starting to see with like Sally Rooney and like Gen Z because, yeah, but sorry. But like, yeah, I should probably go back to the thing. But um, the new book was basically just an example of using typical stuff that we've seen in like the beauty industry and like fashion industry now being used for books because of the rise of like book talk and book YouTubers and the way of the online influencer and the book influencer as I've heard it called and you can also see it's like impact in the real world like it's not just like when you log on your computer you see something like this um if you've walked into a bookstore recently like Dimmix and I know in America and Barnes and Noble it's very similar they have like specific sections for book talk books or like trendy books for your child like stuff like that which is it's basically tiktok books but they probably don't want to get fired for using tiktok or like sorry sued or whatever it is so like if you i walked into clam on dimmicks and then it was just like it was yeah um seven wives of wait seven husbands sorry seven husbands of evelyn hugo (laughs) and the song of achilles um like right there with red white and royal blue and beautiful world where are you and normal people um yeah yeah and i think like again we should shout out the culture episode on culture. this, um, mm-hmm. which was very well done. And I would encourage listening to, because I think a lot of my thoughts, at least on this, are like pretty regurgitated from that. But I think mm-hmm. there's like a real double-edged sword 
with the kind of new way that books are are getting marketed, which is like on one hand, it's going to, um, like it's going to make the young book consumer a lot more valuable to publishing houses, um, which means we're going to get a lot more books written for us, which is great because it probably means Ew. a lot more young authors are going to get platformed um, and like will like people that otherwise would have gotten looked over are going to get an opportunity. But I think it also means that there's going to be a lot of books that come out that have some type of really catchy one-line premise like, the first son of the United States fucking the Prince of England or like the two you... main characters dying at the end as like the title of the book, but not like be good, like just be cash grabs. Um, and I also think it's going to mean that we get, this is already a problem, but like the same authors that have already been like propelled into fame, getting more and more and more book de- deals and taking up more space that should be given to emerging writers. Yeah. Look, yeah. It's, yeah um I think it's gonna be really good like um I'm in the middle of I'm order, ordered luster and I'm really excited for that and that is like I, I think I mean luster, she did it herself best, best book I read in the last year I think yeah that's what everyone's been saying but I, that came to me via TikTok um and that is like in Western Australia it's really difficult to get like good trendy books like you, there aren't that many bookstores and if they do sell books it's like the famous ones like it's really hard to yeah. find authors whereas like TikTok has been able to propel certain authors which means you're able to be like included into all these different things and like different series of like the YouTubers like reading like celebrities reading lists or something like that you know you're able to find different things as well which can be fun um I am always like eerie about like having these conversations because I don't want to sound gatekeepy like yeah um, I've mentioned this before to like a couple of people but it was like when Emma Chamberlain announced she was reading a classic because she was getting into reading again to feel grounded she got so much hate and everyone was like wow now I can't enjoy this book because then it like everyone was gatekeeping like no only like people who were I don't know bullied in high school can read guys um like stuff it was like I don't know it's sometimes the discussion can easily become gatekeepy but like don't hate on teen girls wanting to get into reading, but also, I mean, I don't know. And I think, I just, yeah, I think like reading has become incredibly intellectualized as well. Um, yeah. Like fiction started out, I mean, fiction didn't start out as trashy, but like before there was such a myriad of ways for us to receive entertainment, I think books occupied a much broader space within our culture than they do now where it's kind of like there's a kind of perceived intellectual default of a book that just comes because you're like reading it I don't know if I'm saying that right but you get what I mean I know like it's kind of it's kind of viewed as like something you do to like think about things in like a more critical lens or like you know um expand your worldview or you know you know, examine your internal emotions, which are all, like, really good reasons to read books. But I also think, like, the real joy of reading is that you just get to escape into something for a really long time in a way that you don't get to with, like, a movie or with a TV show. And it's kind of, like, a very calm experience. And I think that really lends itself to trash. Like, it's really good to get lost in something happy and trashy for like 400 pages no exactly and like 
look it's like if you look at like the roots of novel like what you were saying i'll be like the novel when it was first released was considered trashy and for women like it was you know there's probably like you could do a whole gendered analysis about why people hate trashy books or something like that and what's seemed as trashy like i'm sure you can um and it's probably quite easy to but like when it first came out it was considered trashy but now it's become a signifier of class to the absolute extreme because books are fucking expensive um, you can yeah. only get like cheap ones if you go to like Big W or like Dimmicks, all these massive corporations, which are then putting independent bookstores in like out of business. I will give a shout out to the Melbourne public library system where I've been getting all my books recently. They are efficient as hell and they have genuinely every book I've thought of. So if you don't want to spend too much money on books, I don't know what the system's like in Perth. Um, I'll probably or, shit. Um. <laughs> but the one in Melbourne is very very good I will when I'm back in Melbourne who knows when because Matt McGowan's not letting people in and Christmas is a thing but um (laughs) I who knows I will be checking that out oh my god why is my sisters yelling I told them to be quiet (laughs) um (laughs) just ambience for our pod exactly it's what we need um I do like having physical copies of books though like I like having my bookshelf um I'm a bit of a I'm a bit of a maximalist, I say, when I, like, show hoarding um, tendencies. Mm, but look, I'm just really into the just, max. My room is just stacks of books. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't want to spend 50 bucks a week to, to maintain my reading addiction. So here we are. <laughs> here we are. <laughs> um, we should probably actually talk about the book, book that we're talking about today. Chelsea, what were your thoughts on Red, White and Royal Blue? This is going to be so controversial and everyone's going to hate me, but I was not the biggest fan. Um, I Okay, for context, this is the same, re- like I do feel like there are some books I needed need to reread because they didn't like hit me as they hit everyone else. I did first read this book in quarantine and I just like was not having a good time because I couldn't even go on my silly little walks like that <laughs> lockdown had. Like it was like worse than how I was feeling in lockdown. So maybe like, having a book of like the royals <laughs> like rich people problems was not really like eh. um, probably not like the right time for me and so that, that I was very I was in a hater mindset basically is what I'm trying to say but the, as an Aquarius right I have to be so critical of everything all the time and the entire time I was just like look I'm sorry it's fun but I just can't help but criticize everything and also I can't find this anywhere but I was under the impression that the author was white and then writing about a lot of these things from a very like white gaze especially about Alex's character but also apparently a lot of people I haven't been able to validate those claims so I actually am unaware of Casey McQuiston's ethnicity so I will not make that point if yeah. I do not know. Which is a tentative comment. There are, like, sections of this book where I think the, like, the way especially she talks about, like, Alex's Mexican culture, yeah. it's very much like, wow, the food is so good. That's it. Woo. <laughs> yeah. Which, like, mm. Sus. Again, like... <laughs> If I'm saying this and she is Mexican, real, real invalidating of her culture that I've said that. But if she's white, she's done not a very good job of representing that yeah. culture. There, I don't know. Um, also, what I like, I think it's also that scene. One of the scenes, like they try, 
I think it would have been fine if they didn't try to like workify it so much because the entire that was what I was mainly critiquing there which it was very like millennial hashtag girl boss like work moments um and I'm like using quotation marks when I say that but then that would be like oh imperialism let's like make a joke about like how yeah. we're being imperialistic which is like there was yeah, little, like that one in. sentence taglines of like about my mum my mum reckons we need to give it back I'm like your mum is a princess you can give it back like if you're gonna write yeah. that in yeah <laughs> like, I don't know it looks like it was trying to grab like it was like a very like American liberal trying to like get some points here and there which is you know very millennial I guess like that's fine the millennial nature of this book did irk me a little bit like there were multiple times where she said lols (laughs) and I wanted to cry I wanted to cry I too almost cried and the whole email thing you made a joke about millennials and emails yesterday I I feel like I'll talk about this later um okay I can talk about it now I have had multiple books ruined for me recently well, not ruined but like the illusion has kind of been shattered for me because of their heavy-handed use of emails yes. so I have a personal vendetta against the authors of the world why why emails look I can't tell you I'm not a big fan of it either like <laughs> Sally Rooney super duper did me dirty on this, I will say. Yeah. Um, like, I I just didn't, I feel like it kind of was one of the main reasons, but I think her new book didn't hit for me. And I won't go into too many spoilers about this, but I just don't know a singular bitch who sends like six page esoteric emails filled with class commentary to their friends. Yeah, like the, I do that in audio, like voice memos. Like, like that's <laughs> insufferable. That's insufferable. No one, I hate it. Like I'm sorry. <laughs> I know Sally Rooney characters are not meant to be likable, but I can't find them unlikably relatable if they send emails like that. See, if I'm gonna make class commentary, it's gonna be in an audio record on like messenger and it's gonna be incoherent and it's gonna be yeah. me like Marx was a baddie and so like stuff like that is gonna be well it's gonna it. be it's gonna be this fucking podcast isn't it yeah it's like yeah it is <laughs> incoherently trying to slide class commentary into our conversation about barbie movies <laughs> how girl boss of us no but like i mean I think it was an interesting literary technique that could have been done better as like texts or something. I don't yeah. know. Like you could have just I been just, like, like 22 year olds don't email each other. Also like, I mean, they from, weren't... The second, from the second they sent their first saucy email about how attractive each other, they were to each other. I was like, these are going to get leaked to the public. Like I will say this about Alex, that character is a, bit dumb like I know like it's alternate alternative history like for context Trump was never elected and I think that's like a massive weird thing in this book that I don't know how to like tackle but like he wasn't elected at all and I don't know it's not that deep and it's because of that the whole Hillary scandal hasn't happened yeah and they make a joke about it they're like oh I feel like someone said something about not using private email servers (laughs) haha but like implied that that never happened because it was not Hillary who was in the election campaign. It was Alex's mom. Yeah. 
So also Bernie Sanders exists in this universe. It's very confusing. Yeah. I think best not to think about it too hard. Best to read this purely to to be gay and horny. Oh, yeah, no. And I think that's why this book is, like, why so many people love it. And I respect what it is because it, like, is a really nice book to read for, like, non-critical thought. But remember, I am a hater and I must criticise everything I consume. Is it, do I lead ultimately a probably worse off life? Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. I, I think I very happily had emptied this book. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I was just there and I was a bit book burnt out. Like I hadn't really been reading all that much because I think I'd try, it was like the start of second wave, not second wave, fucking sixth wave, Jesus Christ. Um, Things were not going well for me, so to speak. Um, Uh Sorry, I should have laughed. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Chelsea. I know I made a phase. No, no, no. I was was laughing because I too, anyway. (laughs) Yes, we've all been having times. Um, and this book was just a little happy respite from the world. Um, I didn't, like, I think it abandoned a lot of the things that I don't like about, like, Wattpad-era YA, which is, Mm. like, the toxicity of it. Yeah. And I also think they did a really good job of Enemies to Lovers, which is, like, such a good trope that is has so many pitfalls yeah do you like the enemies to lovers trope oh best you i love enemies (laughs) to lovers i i I am a whore for enemies to lovers i was on the ya fiction like fantasy like tumblr energy like that shaped my entire childhood however it is like a thing that could easily become toxic um like it fucking it scratches my brain to see two people who don't like each other like figure it out yeah like the pride and prejudice effect they have like a bad like first meeting and then they like hate each other um for like these reasons they either don't understand themselves or they don't understand each other or both and then they get to figure it out and it's great it's and they incredible yeah they grow I love it when they grow and they progress and they both like realize their toxic traits and so they work on that and then they become better people and then they end up together because they like used to dislike each other because of a misunderstanding I love that I yeah but it's like little tiny moments of intimacy we get Mm -hmm. between like them being mean to each other and then it like as the book goes on the intimacy becomes more and the meanness becomes less and then it's just like witty banter like best shit best shit I do however I will 2014 wronged us 2014 wronged us. Um, I will say my favorite parts in Red, White, and Royal Blue was when they were like starting to like each other and be friends. Like it was, I liked like those sections and it was very fun. Um, and I do think like Casey McQuiston did a very good job in making sure they weren't toxic. I mean, I didn't think they were toxic. No. No. I think they did handle their problems in some rich people ways. Yeah. Um, for example, <laughs> getting on a private plane when your boyfriend is ghosting you yeah (laughs) yeah yeah okay that was a little look but also but but like I'm not I'm not reading this book to find these characters relatable yeah I'm yeah I just wanted to read some gay smart um but I also like delivered exactly it was great well okay when I'm not like critiquing critiquing it it was fine make up your mind (laughs) 
I'm just a whore. Like that's all you need to know. Um, but when I was back to like, I don't know, it's just really nice because also like the main current, I guess, like love like the queer like enemies to lovers. The most recent one I can think of in like mainstream media would be like Eric and Adam in Sex Education. And I'm sorry, I'm not a fan of their relationship. Yeah, I also controversially I like them both individually. Mm-hmm. I just I feel like we didn't ever really get enough kind of turnaround between them being like bullying yeah and them being dating yeah like that man abused like yeah I I'm a sucker for an enemies to lovers if we had like more time to flesh it out sure but just because he like tried to hold his hand in the chemistry class doesn't undo like bullying Um, yeah I don't think we ever got our big like conversation about it where it was like how fucked up that I emotionally abused you for multiple years of your life and made your life really hard. Yeah. Like where was that conversation? Um, And I also feel like that's in so many books where it's like that, or it's like really domineering, emotionally domineering man with like, um, you know, everyone loves them. Like um, what's the name of the trope? It's like sunshine and. Oh, you know what I'm talking about is on book talk. Yeah, like yeah, the yeah the. <laughs> the but like, like one character yeah. who's like very innocent and lovable, and one character who's like a bit emotionally fucked up and cut off. Yeah, and like that was kind of like, I'm I'm not going to blame Twilight, but that was kind of our standard for men for maybe too many years. Um, it still is mine. Yeah. No, um, <laughs> no, he hates everyone but her trope. Yeah. No, that's yeah. fucked. Yeah. No. Okay. Find a, find a partner who people like. I'm sorry. Which is true. I just will still be reading model instruments in that part where, yeah. like, they think they're Look, siblings. <laughs> no, I, I get it from a literary perspective. <laughs> I'm still here for it. But I think one of the things that I really liked about this book is it was their enemies to lovers thing had all the like all the juicy bits of enemies to lovers without me feeling guilty for getting attached to them as characters because they did just like genuinely help each other and were good for each other yeah and made each other better people Mm -hmm. also the entire time I was reading it it reminded me of one of my favorite shows of 2020 one young royals like, oh how is it that we have also, two? Did you see that Young Royals got renewed for season two? Yes, I'm so excited because oh, then. Oh <laughs> oh, okay, I'm so excited. I've watched Young Royals first, so I know a lot of people read Red, White, and Royal Blue first, but I was a bit late to this book talk. Yeah, I game. also watched Young Royals first. Yeah, but didn't you think like the parallels and the, like the similarities between them is like astounding except it's not like international politics it's just like domestic politics yeah um but still and there's good shit I love it brain brain scratched brain scratched and also that I didn't I preferred so much more than this but that's okay um but yeah no I just put if you watched young royals and you're like season two can't come soon enough I love gay yearning yada yada Mm, red white and royal blue it is there but yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, just like the similarities, like there is like a blonde prince falls. Like they're even like like the same ethnicity as well, which I find like and like same blonde hair as well. Like in the royal person, like it's just the parallels. They're too like 
they're there, you know? You know, it's similar. I also think of boarding schools like a horny environment. I love I boarding school trope. I love the boarding school trope. Centrinians. Oh, my God. I could do a whole episode on Centrinians. So I'm going to reserve my thoughts in case we come back to that. <laughs> <laughs> next week I guess guys no but yeah really liked it I'm really excited I feel like I should read one last stop um you've read both haven't you Hav? yeah yeah they're very different books um united by being gay and horny yeah I will say I liked red right red white and royal blue better but they were both yes. fun and also one last stop is sapphic um and as our dear friend Layla told us Great for numbers. Oh God. Anyway, <laughs> which, I, which I which pains me to relay, but you know, for all our numb tots of the podcast, this is for you. You. Um. There's one last thing. Oh, maybe not one last thing, but there's one thing that I think I very urgently need to talk about. Yes. Um, yeah. Which is a kind of like not even a B plot, not even a C plot. I want to say like a, a an E plot of this book, okay. but it is one that has both plagued and haunted me and my housemate. Um, I gently encouraged my housemate to read this book after I read it. Gently. Um, yeah, look, I was like a little obsessed with it. And then I, you know, but I think she, so I've forced her to read some books before. Um, and she hasn't enjoyed them. Shout outs to her for reading the selection series for me. You shouldn't have had to do that. Um, but I feel like this one was a bit more of a consensual suggestion. Um, and she really enjoyed it. But sorry, that's a bit of a side chat. <laughs> um, after Henry and Alex have been kind of hanging out for a while, but no one knows they're dating, dating it's mentioned that some people have like, been writing fan fiction about them on the internet um and the point I want to raise today is like how absolutely fucking wild it would be if you were some random gay tween on the internet who both (laughs) of us have been ourselves who spent your free time writing some like wild homoerotic fan fiction about like literally the Prince of England and the first son of the United States being gay for each other. Like there's no way you would think that that was even remotely a possibility. And then you found out that it actually happened because their fucking horny emails got leaked to the world. I would absolutely like when it's like from the only way I could really like fully like, like ground that in reality is like imagining if, Larry or like Taylor Swift like confirmed she did in fact date Diana and Carly like I would be I would be on the floor I would lose it it. I would lose it my I would revive my Twitter stand account just to be like I told you bitches and I would be going off and I would have a really fun time and I don't think I'd ever need to see my therapist again actually maybe I should see them more after that but like I don't know Tumblr stocks would spike yeah you know the gays would take to the streets not to protest, but to party. Yeah, true pride. <laughs> <laughs> I simply would be the happiest I've been in like a long time. It'll be so. I, would I think be, you would I'd be, be the best version of yourself. I would be the best version of myself. Yes. Um. Also, now that I, <laughs> which is like slightly insufferable, but really fun. 
okay did you just go okay I'm gonna try and not to like <laughs> okay I'll <laughs> I just... no that's what? so me you're right but like ouch <laughs> I feel like I'm also slightly insufferable though I'm, yeah but I didn't call you that and I would never think yeah. it Chelsea would you like to call me slightly insufferable no because I'm not mean and okay. <laughs> yeah I mean you're right but ouch no, but I love I love your insufferability <laughs> like I think I if I found out that Larry was real, I, the first thing I would do is go and look at your Instagram stories. <laughs> I actually would be I would be. What if I just ch- just did not post? Like, what if I did not? Like, I don't believe you. Uh, yeah, no, I would. I, um, I like for those of you, I was not around at the um earthquake that happened but six of my friends messaged me when that happened and said I wish you were there because your Instagram content would have been incredible oh my god it would have been so good would have been so good I had to like just deal with the fact that I wasn't there but like (laughs) you missed the moment also I can't believe we haven't talked about the earthquake yet oh yeah sobs how how yeah are you okay oh I mean it was really emotionally draining living through a natural disaster (laughs) I'm fine. Um, a, a picture in our house came off the wall. That was about it. Wait, which that picture? Was, um, <laughs> not the Matisse? Long, not the Matisse, no. Okay. One. But it was just in, in one of our bedrooms. Oh, okay, never mind then. Yeah. Um, the Matisse is safe. Like every good Melbourne share house, we do have a Matisse on our wall. Okay, so, I mean, what do you think, like, from all that we've, like, talked today about, like, tiktok book talks or like queer smart whatever you want to where do you think this is like gonna look like especially post-covid now that like a lot of these books were released before covid i have a really interesting suspicion that i'm kind of copying from i have a couple thoughts the first one is copying from our like dialogue relating this back to beauty influences i think the like three stages of like beauty influences gaining a lot of traction is like someone who is good at makeup gains a following on the internet for being good at makeup. Yeah. And then the second stage is like makeup companies start sending them shit and using them as a means of promoting their makeup. Yeah. And then step three, which hasn't happened as far as I'm aware in the book talk space yet, they get to release their own makeup. Um, and I want to know if that's going to happen with the book talkers. I, I don't think I would want to read Jack Edwards' books. No, I also I want to think that Jack Edwards has enough self respect that he wouldn't. I mean, I don't know. But like, if someone offered me a book deal, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I would take it. Like, I would. I know, like, we can shit on influencers all the time, but oh, I also, I am one step away from starting a YouTube channel every single day. And then, like, oh, if I was given the opportunity, I would. I would do it. Um, and I'm sure it could be good quality books. Like, I feel like they're smart enough for it to happen. Um, and they have some good takes. But, yeah, I don't know. That would be interesting. I would love to see if someone ended up getting a book deal, especially post-COVID. Um, what did yeah, you... I think my other takes 
regarding like the current climate around books, especially in relation to Red, White and Royal Blue, is like I would really like there to be more gay smut released out into the world. Um, <laughs> and I'm really happy that books like this are getting traction and getting online presence. I yeah. don't care about Casey McQuiston like that much. Um, like I wish her all the best. But, like, what I mean by this is not that I want Casey McQuiston to release 25 books. Yeah. No problem if she does, but that's not what I mean. What I mean is I hope that because there is a market for this, the, like, greasy wheels of capitalism try and, like, outcompete each other to produce better and better <laughs> and more representative queer smart. Yeah, the best queer smart. The um, best queer smart. I hope we try and get, like you know, the the peak of gay smut and I can just be there raking up the content as it comes. Yeah. That would be very, like, if we're going to suffer through, like, the neoliberal hellscape that is the current post-2020 world, I mean, it's been, it's been the hellscape for like, years. In my tote bag. Exactly. If, like, we're at the late stage end of capitalism and, like, planet's burning, I want to read about, like, the prince... <laughs> like having sex with the first son and having a really odd email affair, which is so dumb because which Gen Z are, but anyway, um, it has yeah. an affair over emails. But authors, if you're reading our podcast, if you're what, if you're listening to our podcast, <laughs> which you're not because we don't matter, but if you are, I- don't put emails in your books unless they are between a boss and an employee. Or an employee <laughs> and another employee. Because that, <laughs> I was about to make a joke that I was like, okay, I thought you were referring to um, like relationships. And I was like, this took a turn. And Bessie needs to oh, read the Marx. One, the one I think gets away with this is the hating game. And it's only because they, this is another very good TikTok smart book. Um, but the only reason they get away with it is because it's a workplace romance. Yeah. Otherwise, get rid of your fucking emails. I hate it. I hate emails. Normalize not needing emails ever again. Um, yeah, I'm... they serve no purpose that can't be served by text messages. Exactly. <laughs> Sorry. I, for the books, I mean, I know this isn't red, white, and royal blue specifically related, but when I want to one day reach a stage, it's not going to happen where I'm someone's recommending an author to me and then not say that they like Canadian or they're the Australian Sally Rooney. That is going to be a time which I'm going to be quite grateful for because I feel like that's so like, that's what I'm kind of scared is going to happen. You're going to have the red, white and royal blue effect. And then you're going to have the Sally Rooney effect. I love Sally Rooney. I'm, yeah. I'm a whole for, I, I'm a whole for Rooney. I do think like often what happens is the cart kind of gets put before the horse where like any young AFAB author writing about their feelings in a nihilistic way gets compared to Sally Rooney. Yeah. Um, which does such a disservice to so many incredible young authors who are writing yeah. things that are only similar to Sally Rooney in the way that they are written by young people and they talk about feelings. And also, like, like in the contemporary world, it's yeah, and it's also so reductive as well for how we discuss Rooney and like her work. Um, like, I don't know, I 
Like when someone introduced me to Luster, they were just like, oh, it's like Sally Rooney. And what's that new one that's coming out, which I did pre-order. Like I'm a whore for it. If someone says it's the yeah. new Sally Rooney, Love I will Virtue. buy it. Yeah, Love and Virtue. I, I pre-ordered it. I'm so excited. But um, Yeah, me too. But Nisha also- Dolan, although Nisha Dolan is a little similar. Yeah. But Banana yeah. Yoshimoto <laughs> got compared to Sally Rooney and that's where I draw the line. I love that woman. She predates. Yeah. <laughs> that's all I have (laughs) yeah me too um I would encourage people to read this book I too actually it did get me out of my reading slump and it did like it was very lighthearted. so I could like I like I had a better day when I read it um so do read the book if you want four hours of gay bliss read the book I also think if you have been having a bit of a slumpy time pick up this book and if it doesn't sound like your thing just pick up a book that's not very intellectual and give it a go exactly my recommendations are anything that was like celebrated on tumblr in 2014 um that's pretty much it actually yeah. <laughs> of like yeah <laughs> i couldn't have said it better myself exactly Go, Fessy. Wow, you're really getting my brain dead, th- like 5 p.m. brain today. That's all right. It's it, it it's 5 p.m. somewhere specifically here. Um, and it's <laughs> 3 p.m. here. Fun fact. <laughs> okay, maybe- close of business, and my brain is closing. Um, <laughs> I think we should call it a day. We most definitely should. <laughs> we love you all. Um, we'll see you next week for another enthralling episode. Of Chelsea and I shooting the shit. Bye. Yeah. Bye, besties.